Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Matthew chapter 27. Verse 47, some of them who stood there when they heard it said, this man is calling Elijah. Now Jesus cried out quoting Psalms 22. And in the pain of being alone for the first time in his life, Jesus, for Jesus, it was almost too much to bear. For us, why, the presence of God often seems almost optional in our day. God, facing the whole embodiment of sin in its totality, did what he had to do. He did what he must do. He turned away from sin. Because you see, Jesus wasn't just carrying the sin of mankind. At that moment, he became the sin of mankind. Verse 48 says, Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with vinegar, put it on a reed, and gave him a drink. The rest said, Let him be. Let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Now Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and he yielded up his spirit. John tells us what Jesus cried out in his last words was, It is finished. What was finished? Well, the battle, the struggle of man, the corporate bondage to sin, the constant sacrifices, the death, the pain, the no way out that we all faced. It is finished. And Jesus won. Oh, but he won not just for himself, but for me and for you. You win today, and all you have to do is walk up to the winner's circle and claim your prize. Now, you may be saying, I ran, but I lost. Well, indeed, that is true. However, Jesus ran for you, and the prize is yours. Verse 51 says, Behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two, from the top to the bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened and the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs, after his resurrection, they entered into the holy city and appeared to many. Now certainly this is one of the most significant of events of the crucifixion. The Jewish leaders held that behind the curtain that hung between the holy place and the most holy place within the temple was the very residence of the presence of God. Now, this curtain symbolically, if not literally, separated man from God. In truth, there was a much greater separation between us. There was actually a distance of eternity. Physically, this curtain was no doubt astonishing. It is understood to have been at least four inches thick and 60 feet tall. It was significant in that at the moment of Jesus' death, This curtain suddenly tore, and it tore from top to bottom. So after centuries of separation between us and a perfect holy creator, the curtain had been torn and the distance bridged by that final sacrifice, that one sacrifice of a perfect man, a holy God. Mankind could now, quote, draw near with boldness to the throne of grace, says Hebrews 4.16. The earth quaked, the rocks were split, graves were opened, and the dead were raised. Now the world would say, well, that all hell broke loose. 
the now freshly redeemed would say, all heaven broke loose. Verse 54 says, Now the centurion and those who were with him watching Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the things that were done, were terrified, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. You see, the witnesses were many. When those who were dead now walked among the living, it's difficult to ignore the miraculous, isn't it? I have no doubt it was a moment of history like no other. And in the end, as certainly as it will be in the final end, our final end, those who stood against him, well, they, at that moment, saw clearly the truth. But it was too late to take it back, just as it will be too late for those who stood against him in this life to change the years that had passed by. No matter our earthly position, ultimately the same words will be on the lips of every man. For, quote, every knee will bow and every tongue confess, end quote, that he is the Son of God. Verse 55 reads, Many women were there watching from afar who had followed Jesus from Galilee, serving him. And among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joses, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. So here we have a list of the faithful, those who stood by him until the end. Now please note, who actually do we find here? The apostles? His friends? The men who received his miraculous? No, we find only the women. Verse 57 says, When evening came, a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself was also Jesus' disciple, came. Now Jesus was more than just the redeemer of the downtrodden and the poor. Just as now, he has always spanned the economic and social classes to create one family before God. This rich man, this Joseph of Arimathea, he stepped out of a field crowded with the fearful and the disloyal. And by doing, doing so, he risked everything. He risked his prestige, his position, and ultimately, his financial position was put on the line also. This was his everything. This is faith. This is Christianity. Verse 58 says, this man went to Pilate and he asked for Jesus' body. And then Pilate commanded the body to be given up. And Joseph took the body and he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and he laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut out in the rock. Then he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. Now, the other gospel accounts tell us that this Joseph, who was a prominent member of the Sanhedrin, uh, which is the Supreme Council of the Jewish nation, he had some help from one Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus. We read of his interaction with Christ in John chapter 3. Such crisis in life always leaves a mark. It pushes men in one direction or another. For these two men, it brought their faith into the full light of day. It potentially cost them everything. But it isn't that ultimately uh, that is incorrect, for isn't that actually the idea? Oh, but what they had received in exchange. These two unlikely friends joined together to lovingly take care of the body of Jesus. 
how I would have loved to have heard that conversation. Verse 62. Next, on the next day, which was the day after the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees were gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember what the deceiver said while he was still alive. He said, After three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest perhaps his disciples come at night and steal him away, and tell the people he is risen from the dead, and the last deception will be worse than the first. But Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Go make it as secure as you can. So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone. It appears that those that were behind the crucifixion had apparently begun to panic a little. Man always attempts in such situations to scramble about to cover their tracks, don't they? One has to wonder just how Pilate said what he said herein. I mean, was there a bit of irony and maybe some cynicism behind his words? We may never know for sure. But after witnessing the events of the past 24 hours, perhaps Pilate had realized the fruitfulness of such tactics. And whether he realized it or not, such tactics were indeed fruitless. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.